Good morning, everyone. I lied. I said I was going to do it differently, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Peace Talks. I'm Eric. I'm Heather. And today we're going to be talking about Herbert West Reanimator, uh, a story by H.P. Lovecraft, because I read the short story. I watched the movie. So I mean, I've seen the movie yeah. multiple times. It's a good that, movie. That's what we're talking about today. I do want to warn all of our listeners out there before we get started. Um, H.P. Lovecraft is widely known for being a bigot. He yeah, you should look up what the name of his cat was. Yeah, his his whole his whole outlook on life was really really negative towards pretty much everybody. Like he he just hated virtually every single group of people that wasn't him. And he was also terrified of the outdoors and sea creatures. So you know, people love his his works. He, his works are kind of a genre all on their own. They're just a different type of horror than anyone had ever seen. Is at it that mostly point. like body horror type stuff? Uh, it's some no, it's mainly alien. Okay. Yeah, well, that's how you the, get into the body horror. He's a stuff, very he's a very graphic writer, and for the time, it was you know just some deeply disturbing patterns of thought, and it's kind of created its own. What did he write? Like in the twenties and stuff? Yeah, nineteen twenties. Twenties. Yeah. Uh, Reanimator was actually published in 1922. I think there was an original draft in October of 1921, but it first came out in February of 1922. Okay. You know, he he does describe anyone he views as different from himself in a very degrading way that's part of his outlook, but also is very upsetting. Also, in the movie, there was a sexual assault, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Eric watched the movie, so there is a sexual assault in the movie that was not in the book. So that's the... There's a whole bunch of stuff, I think. There's a lot of stuff in the movie that's not in the book. book. Because, you know, it's a short story. We're we're talking about maybe, what, an hour, hour 20 minutes of reading. So That's about as long as the movie is. The movie is less than 90 minutes. So, (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Uh, We do not have a snack today, unfortunately. I'm sorry, my pod snack fans. We we don't have any reanimator. We didn't, you know, take anything that was dead and then try to bring it back to life. I guess we could have eaten some, like, freeze-dried stuff or... No, Eric's snarling at me now. No, no, he doesn't want to. No, you want to do it? I said we could have done some Massachusetts type cuisine or something like that. Yeah, that's but where we it didn't. Takes place. We just we just didn't. Yeah. But also, Arkham, Massachusetts is a fake place. I know, but Massachusetts is not a fake place. No, Massachusetts is not a Arkham fake place. Is fake. Arkham is fake, but Massachusetts is not. And that's like, and that's where they got the Batman. Just so you all know, that's where they got the Batman Arkham Asylum came from. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. So I guess I'll start us off since I I read the short story and that came first. It was written in the 1920s, as I said. And uh, basically, there's this man, Herbert West, who's a medical student. And his roommate, who is the narrator, who never actually receives a name, is telling about their life story. And Herbert West has this very, very singular focus about bringing back the dead. You know, this belief that there is no afterlife, there is no God, uh, that... He can, life is simply a mechanical thing. And if he get a, gets a fresh enough corpse, he can completely bring it back to life. So that's The fresher his, the better. That's... The fresher the better. He has a very singular goal. And he's starting with experimenting on cats and guinea pigs and whatever he can get his hands on. So, psychopaths and sociopaths do that with animals. Yeah. Torturing animals. Torturing basically, basically. and harming well, animals. I don't know if you count as torturing if they're already dead. Well, the animals, he might have been... Killing them to bring that's them back. That's true, too. That's yeah. what they said, that he might have been killing them. It's not, that, that's implied not in the book, but it's not said in the book. I think it's the same way in the movie, too. That so he's creating these various reagents because he discovers that a reagent for a cat is not the same as a reagent for a guinea pig, which definitely wouldn't work on a human. So he, he's having to create all these different reagents to try to bring the dead back to life. And his roommate, the narrator, uh, while they're at Miskatonic University together in Arkham, Massachusetts, decides to you know help out in this endeavor. 
the dean, Alan Halsey, is loved among the students and the faculty and among the town, but he does not uh, have any faith in Herbert's West idea. He thinks that it's a stupid plan, that you can't bring the dead back to life. They kind of humor him for a while, but the dean isn't going to give him any resources. So in the book, Herbert West is working as a student, and they're, you know, trying to get as many dead corpses as they can. And they, they can get quite a few. In the time period of the 1920s, uh, universities were allowed and medical students were allowed to experiment on dead bodies. That actually started in 1752 with the Murder Act in Great Britain that allowed medical universities and med people teaching medicine to procure the dead bodies of murderers to teach surgeons how to perform surgery on dead bodies and it was discovered that you know that actually helps people learn to commit to complete surgeries if they get to practice on the dead it was actually very very helpful so they expanded that helpful, helpful that could be because because they can't yell out in pain so it's like yeah it's but like, it's better than starting them on a live person when they I don't, don't know, know what they're doing you gotta, you they, gotta, they need to learn the tension of the skin they need man, to learn where the organs the, that's, are located it's not going to be the same for dead body the tension of the skin is not going to be the, the same the tension for, won't be the same but the a lot of the organ placement and a lot of the stuff will be the same so it better be super super fresh because that would decomp would be so fast to where it's like yeah. lividity sets in you can't even do anything with bodies yeah but no we still experiment on dead bodies a lot of medical students are assigned a dead body when they, when they enter their later years of medical school to practice sewing on, to practice where the organs are. Now they have fake skin, which is a lot easier than using a dead body. Yeah. It's actually a lot cleaner, too. I don't need to do that on a dead body. I'll yeah. just use the fake skin. I was hearing about a nursing school in um, Lubbock, Texas, where they actually hire theater students to come in and pretend to be angered patients to see how the nursing students react. Oh, yeah. So while they're working with these, like, robots to, and they have gross artists come in and make it look like you know, ooze is coming out and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they also have actors coming and yelling at them. It's great training, but it, it is better to be trained on something that more resembles a human body rather than not. Unless you're going to be a vet. Then... Unless you're going to be a vet, then study on animals. Yep. Anyways, uh, the University of Miskatonic University did get first grabs at a lot of dead bodies, but Herbert West was still finding that they were too old by the time they got to them. Also, embalming had been popular in the 1920s, so... He an embalming body would embalmed body would be completely useless to Herbert West's yep. endeavor to bring it back to, from the dead. Anyways, as they are going about their business, uh, typhoid breaks out in town, so they they have a bad rash of typhoid. Totally different. That's not in the movie. That's not in the movie at all. And <laughs> no. Dean Halsey gets sick and ends up dying because <gasps> Dean Halsey was one of the few doctors that was willing to try to help the sickest people. And Herbert West is very frustrated through all this because now he's surrounded by all these dead bodies, but they're all too sickly. And having died from typhoid anyway wouldn't be useful to him to try to bring back to the Does he the have dead. a daughter? No. Well, oh, okay. That's different okay. in the movie, too. And the way he dies in the movie is He totally does have different. a wife. Um, Dean Halsey does have a wife. I don't know if it can remember the show the wife or not. The, the, the daughter is Barbara Crampton in the movie, so. So basically, uh, Herbert West and his roommate end up renting this little farm place that's far away from everybody else, but it's super close to the Potter's Grave, which is the where they bury all the poor people, and they're digging up bodies regularly. They successfully bring one body back from the dead and they hear it scream, some animalistic scream, and then they both panic and run away and <laughs> accidentally burn down the farmhouse while they're at it. Okay. So uh, it kind of, the attitude of Herbert West and his roommate, the narrator, kind of reminded me of Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The whole, that's the whole point. The, here's this inventor doing this huge, amazing thing, bringing something back from the dead, but then taking absolutely no responsibility for the life once it's there. And not doing anything to 
help reacclimate the life. There's some paranoia. Apparently Herbert West becomes deeply paranoid, believing that he's being followed by whatever it was that they brought back from the dead because they think that it burned in the fire, but they are not sure. Mm. And then after the dean ends up dying, uh, Herbert West and his roommate dig up the grave after the dean's been buried and drag the body back to their little flat where they're staying. Their landlord did see them, but they thought that they were all just three drunk dudes and they were carrying a drunk dude like Weekend at Bernie style um, into their flat young people won't get that <laughs> young reference. people won't get that reference yeah weekend at bernie's is a movie in which two guys and a dead guy got andrew mccarthy spend Jonathan, the weekend Jonathan together Silverman, <laughs> terry kaiser you gotta know all these people all these people yes so go go watch weekend at bernie's after you're done with this so they they get the body of the dean and they are able to reanimate it and it escapes through a window and ends up running around the town killing people mm. and everyone's sure that some kind that of is animal monster yeah some kind of animal or something is attacking all these people and all these guards get together and eventually they catch him and they're, they're like oh my gosh it's a human but it very very much resembles the dean but it can't possibly be the dean because the dean's dead and buried and so basically they lock the dean in an insane asylum thinking that it's some you know vagrant that looks a lot like him that's clearly some animalistic cannibal uh running around eating people okay yeah and so they continue their work because while the dean was able to be reanimated and run around he didn't express any conscious thought yeah and that's herbert west's real goal is to claim that he can bring conscious thought back from the dead yeah well, the, the, the deal is that um the fresher the corpse they will be the more, more likely more, the brain more, more the more likely they'll be like themselves when they come back yeah that the brain will not have been degraded in any way shape or form but yeah because since, like since the know. dean died and was apparently too degraded, the it, he didn't have any thought. He was just a beast of a creature that running around the, attacking and cannibalizing people. We'll talk about that. In a little we'll bit talk about time. the movie in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so Herbert West and his roommate end up starting their own medical practice in a small town where they're busy enough to keep the doors open and to earn money, but you know still do their secret experiments at night. And since it's a small town that had outlawed boxing, there's of course illegal boxing going on. And since they're the doctors, when a boxer was deeply injured, they got called out to, you know, go and try to help. And when they get there, they realize that the boxer is very much dead. If you read the story, the description of the dead boxer is, um, I don't know, needlessly cruel, I'll say. Uh, you know, just racist. It's just a racist description. Oh, the yeah, the, the, the boxer was black. a black man. Yeah. And okay. yeah, so it's basically describing him as an ape and Neanderthal because, you know, this is H.P. Lovecraft, and mm. that's what he does. So they would decide to bring the boxer back from the dead. And the boxer is again brought back from the dead. And they, well, they, you know, try the reanimating serum and absolutely nothing happens. And then they walk away and leave the corpse. And they assume it's not going to work because this is a black man. And every other experiment has been on a white man. And then hours later, the corpse actually does come to life. And, of course, they panic and run away again because they're scared little little brats yeah yeah i was gonna use a different word there but i went with brats okay okay <laughs> so they're they're still working they're trying to get a reanimated corpse and one day a man comes in with a very very weak heart and uh herbert west is telling his roommate oh i've tried to keep the corpse rush for you let's try this now and the corpse does wake up and uh the roommate says where were you where were you and the corpse mouths the phrase only here and then the corpse's eyes kind of start to focus and he looks and he's like, don't come at me with that needle. And then he, he's back to being dead again. So now the roommate is suspecting that Herbert West might have killed 
this weak-hearted man with something in a needle in an effort to uh, reanimate the corpse. And the roommate says that he starts to become increasingly afraid of Herbert West because he's looking at everyone as if they could just be another body for his experiment. And sometimes he catches his roommate looking at him with that same desire to experiment on him, you know, seeing everybody as a corpse. But Herbert West does not kill his roommate because World War I happens in okay. the story. So they decide to go be medical field officers because that's a great way to get your hands on a whole bunch of corpses is to be a doctor in a war. Now, there is another main character. There are a lot of unnamed characters in this story named uh, Major Sir Eric Moreland Clapham Lee. And Major Clapham Lee was a fan of Herbert West's reanimation ideas. So uh, Morgan Lee kind of shared theories with Herbert West. They were friends and they were both in this war. And so the Major was helping make sure that Herbert West got fresh bodies and got to work on his... uh, potions and also herbert was or ordering you know obtaining rare things from far away apparently he got some i don't know if it's egg or dna or something from some rare reptile in the amazon that was going to help with keeping the corpses fresh and so anyways captain when clapham lee is traveling he's in a helicopter accident and his head gets chopped off from his body and so Herbert West decides that he puts the head in some of the pulpy stuff that came from the lizards and decides he's going to try to reanimate the body without the head. Mm -hmm. And as they do that, they successfully reanimate the body and the body is flailing around. And then to everybody's shock, the head starts screaming, you know, we have to jump. We have to get out of this plane. And so the disembodied head somehow is still able to talk. And when they reanimated the body, it reanimated the head as well. But they didn't get to investigate that any further because a German shell then blew up the tent that they were in. And only Herbert West and the roommate successfully escape alive, believing that the head and the body are now destroyed by the German artillery. So they continue to go about uh, their experimentations you know, they, they leave the army and continue to go by their experimentations. They get a brand new house. Herbert West's paranoia keeps growing and growing. And, you know, he's... There's this secret hideaway apparently under his house, but he keeps it plastered over because he doesn't want to see it. And one day, a strange person comes by the asylum where the dean is being held and has been held for about 16 years at this point and asks to have the dean released to his custody and you know everybody described the man as being very very strange that his voice seemed to come from a bag that he carried and that his head looked a little too perfect Mm. and they said that they couldn't release the dean since he was insane and you know a cannibal but then later on in the night a bunch of vagrants come and attack the asylum and the they end up breaking the dean out and then they all end up coming to herbert west's home and it turns out the man with the perfect head is actually a wax head and the head is being carried in the bag by the major who is now reanimating corpses as a reanimated corpse to form an army and they take herbert west and drag him under the house and the roommate tries to explain that he had nothing to do with herbert west's disappearance because you know they dragged him into this area and the police say that area is plastered over and the plaster hasn't been disturbed so they they assume that it's the roommate that on some way 
you know, killed Herbert West, but he's insisting that it's the reanimated corpses. So it's a it's a pretty disturbing story. Yeah. Overall, but I enjoyed the read. So tell me, what's uh, different about the book or the movie from the book? Uh, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I just want to talk about the book or the movie. I mean, okay, you talk about the movie then. Okay, Reanimator came out in 1985. <laughs> it is a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Is there any comedy? In, in Herbert West no. Reanimator. Lovecraft is not a comedian. That's what I figured. They, <laughs> so they shortened it because it's it's a you know it's based on loosely based on Herbert West Reanimator. They just call this one Reanimator. And it was um, it's the first directing role of, of Stuart Gordon and produced by Brian Hughes. Now they have a relationship that goes. They do a lot. The partnership is great. They do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Stuart Gordon does a bunch of movies like From Beyond. They work together multiple times. Um, as writers, they wrote one of my favorite kids' movies, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, together. They co-wrote oh, it. Oh, I didn't know they Stuart wrote that. Stuart Gordon was going to direct it, but the Disney execs, um, he got so pissed off at them when they did the meeting that his nose started bleeding, so he quit. Oh so he God. quit. That's a, that's a Stuart Gordon quit doing that movie, so they had somebody else do that movie. I don't think I've ever been angry enough at someone that my nose bled. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Hmm. But anyway, uh, Brian Hughes did a lot of stuff. He also... Uh, um, he Heather and I watched a movie called Society. That was his director That's interview. That's a creepy, That's weird. A weird. It's a body movie. horror. I do not recommend there's, that. There's one. a lot of body horror in both From Beyond's body horror. Society is. There's another one too that's good, that I like. Yuzna, Brian Yuzna, the producer of this movie, was the first American filmmaker to adapt a, a manga called Bio Booster Armored Giver. And then, and I know this movie because I watched it as a kid. It's mm-hmm. called The Giver. And that is some weird stuff going on in there, too. Mark Hamill's in it. He has a mustache. It's a fabulous mustache. <laughs> but he's just like a, he's just an FBI agent. And then some other kid gets like a weird, there's there's some great special effects in there because it's all practical. I'm pretty sure Screaming Mad George, who also worked on Society, did a lot of the makeup work and the prosthetics and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But anyway, the story basically follows the same thing. Herbert West, this is played by the amazing character actor, Jeffrey Combs. If you don't know who Jeffrey Combs is, you're missing out because he is awesome in this movie. <laughs> he is perfectly cast. I don't know what he's 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 hamming it up, but he's just <laughs> right at the seriousness because he's so great. Because that he also does the the, the sequels to this too. Um, Jeffrey Combs did one of my favorite um, Peter Jackson movies, The Frighteners. He played FBI agent Milton Dammers in that, and he is excellent in that where he has like a stutter and he is like my body is a roadmap of pain and he has all the like freaking scars on his chest and stuff because he used to torture himself it's, it's weird but it's great he played nine different roles on star oh, trek wow. all, all different like deep space nine he played you know Vort to the clone way um or way and then there's a bunch of different mm-hmm. other ones that he's done too he was also on starship enterprise where he played the one of the blue Aliens, mm-hmm. like I can't, yeah. I don't know the the, the race, the species, I, the species that's seen all the time. So, but anyway, <laughs> first starts off. He, he's a medical student again. He's at the University of Zurich, and he's trying. At the very beginning of the movie, it's very graphic. <laughs> the, the doctor that he that he brings back to was trying to trying to help is Doctor Hans Gruber, which is any relation to the uh, Die Hard? No, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know if it is or not because this is written like you know this is three or four years before. It could just be know. like could just be just like, a common. Name? Yeah, it could be. We don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the dosage was too large on him. And if you don't know, it's it's a glowing green liquid in the movie. And they and they said that that's just glow stick. Yeah. That's just inside. That's what looks cool. It's just glow stick. But anyway, then he ends up going to the uh, Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, where he ends up renting a room with uh, Dan Kane, 
I guess there's no really there's no narrator in, the, yeah, in this compared in, to the movie to the book. Dan King's character would have been the narrator. Yeah, but in the book, but, but no. they never gave the narrator no. a name in the book. And he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So he's played by Bruce Abbott. If you don't know who Bruce Abbott is, he was married to Leno Hamilton at the time. I'm just going to go with some random tangents. Um, <laughs> she was, you know, from Beauty and the Beast TV show with Ron Perlman. Played Sarah Connor in the Terminator film franchise. Together they start doing experiments with the reagent down in his basement, where where he makes it his own. Where Herbert West makes it his own lab. Starts on like the, one of the best scenes is the cat that they bring back to life and it's like screaming in pain <laughs> because it broke its back. It's, it's just hilarious because I think Community does an homage to because to, in one of the Halloween episodes where they're just hearing some yowling cat going back and forth and it's pretty funny. Yeah, it was good practical effects too, right? The uh, cat, no, I, no, it looks like shit. Okay, it's like, I'm sorry, it's terrible. Yeah, the book didn't really mention very much about the animals that yeah. died. They were very much an afterthought. Yeah, because you don't know if he if he purposely killed a cat's name was Rufus if he killed Dan's cat or not he might have mm-hmm. but um Dan has a girlfriend who, who's actually the Dean's daughter Megan so that, that so that's a different thing there's like a love mm-hmm. interest in, in this in this one one of the things that happens well they, they bring they, they bring the cat back to life they go to the cat they, they go there's a there's a secondary there's I don't think there's only like there's only the Dean right in the in the in the novella yeah. there's no because in, in this one there's Dr. Carl Hill who plays like another like colleague of the mm-hmm. dean because dean is uh, of the dean and he's gross he's okay. lecherous he's he, he's he's like he has a really infatuation with the dean's daughter played by megan creepy yeah real creepy <laughs> and um so that's who they just bring a, they just have a whole new character with dr carl hill in there yeah. but, but but they do but dr carl hill is the one that ends up without a head oh and the body so kind of kind of like the major but not yeah not because because the dean dies they bring back the first the first corpse they bring back it's a little sort of fresh, but not because he wakes up screaming and he ends up like breaking through. It's it's uh, Peter Kent, who was Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double during the 80s. Hmm. And he and the, and the dean hears this and like he just happens to be behind the door and the guy comes in and crushes him and ends up killing the dean. So, oh. da- so, the, the, that, so that, the dean that, is killed by reanimated yeah, corpse. Yeah, reanimated okay. corpse, yes, instead of being, yeah. So that's what happens to, the, to huh. him. And Megan sees all this. So when they bring him back. He's not all there, but they put him in like a padded cell. Mm-hmm. And then, then the, the, the Dr. Carl Hills is like observing him, notices that he does lobotomy on him. And then he notices that, oh, he's he's not, he's dead. He's yeah. dead. So he's like, oh, so that guy was right. Because Herbert West was talking about how you can bring you can bring stuff mm-hmm. back to life. And he's yeah. like, he didn't believe anything that he said. But he does this. And then he goes over to him, to, to the lab and like shows him. And then, and then uh, Herbert West ends up killing Dr. Carl Hill because... He was going to take his notes and pass it take off on his own. Take credit for... as his own work. And that's when the, the great line, after he shoved, shoves a shovel through his neck, and then he's like, plagiarist. <laughs> and he just pops his head off. And then he puts his head like in a, well, you think he stabs with a So Herbert West her, puts her, her, Dr. Yeah, Hill's head. Dr. Hill's head in, in like a little, you know. Uh, vat? It's not even a vat. It's like a little... I don't even know a little tin can with like mm-hmm. some fluid. It's like, mm-hmm. but, but you can see like the flaps. What's <laughs> funny is like, and then like he sticks it like a with a uh, where you where you stack like post-it notes, yeah, memo spike or whatever like that. Because I didn't know what the hell that was. Mm-hmm. But then he, he stabs it, and, it's, and then but he can talk to it, and the body's behind him, and it knocks him out. And then uh, he's able to control his own body with with his with his with the head, which doesn't wow. make any sense. So that that was one thing that I noticed about the book is a lot of the. When they were able to bring back uh, a dead person capable of speaking, they were always reliving their last moments. So mm. the doctors, the narrator, and uh, Herbert West never dealt with a body that was conscious of the fact that it had been brought back from the dead. They always ran away 
or tried to dispose of the body before they had no, any this real one, interaction this one with they had, it. Yeah, this one they had all that stuff. So they had much more interaction with the corpses after the fact. Yeah, you know, real yeah, real 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 quick with the with the bodybuilder one that ended up killing the dean, and then into the dean like mm-hmm. right afterwards. Yeah. And what about the dean's daughter? Did they ever try to kill her? No, uh, the dean's daughter. I think like she ends up getting like kidnapped by by Doctor Carl Hill's body. Without the head. Without the head. Because he could control it with his mind. Where that, does he see where he's going? That's, that's where, uh, is he carrying the head? Yeah, I think so. But okay. it looks terrible because like, yeah. his, his body is... That's real, that's one of the real bad pectoral effects. Because I think it's supposed to be done for like comedic reasons, but you mm-hmm. can tell, you tell that that's not normal. Like His yeah. body is like 10 times wider than <laughs> it's supposed to be. Holding the head, that, that's what's pretty funny about it. But yeah, I thought it was kind of odd in the book how the major Clapham Lee uh, was carrying his head in a bag and had a wax head. Yeah. That was fake, but I did wonder how he saw and knew where he was going. Oh yeah, because there was a wax head. So, so when when the daughter's screaming, she it knocks it off, and then mm-hmm. she just sees like the, the the neck stump. So that was inspired by probably by the book. Probably because there's a lot of stuff that the 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 movie is pretty faithful to the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's black comedy, and there's lots of weird sexual stuff. In, yeah, that in, was one thing that I noticed about the book, especially yeah. is. Herbert West was described as someone so singular focused, he almost didn't have any sex drive at all. And it kind of read to me like the narrator might be kind of in love with Herbert West. I don't know if that's me projecting, but just the fact that he, the roommate kept tying his life. Because I had roommates in college and I barely speak to most of them. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. They're they're great people. I hope they have the best lives. But also, I'm not tying my entire future and well-being to everything that they do. And the narrator seemed quite singularly obsessed with Herbert West and there was never any love interest for virtually anyone in the story. I mean, there was one Italian couple where the woman died and they they didn't care enough to even try to reanimate her. So it it was just kind of very dismissive of females everywhere. Oh yeah, does uh does Herbert West does he die at the end of the uh... He gets dragged off by reanimated corpses okay. that are being led by Major Clapman Lee. Okay, so what happens at the end of this movie is that he gets dragged away by one of the because that's one of the things at the very the last twenty minutes of the movie are <laughs> crazy. That's where they have the terrible uh, rape scene that's like really absurd and weird with the so, so Megan's dis, been dis, kidnapped dis, by Doctor Hill yeah, that's, and is being attacked yeah, by a disembodied. It's very uncomfortable, but it, and it's really weird. That <laughs> 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 it's like, uh, but then while, while they're down in the the morgue at the very end. Like all the naked corpses get up. They're all they're all naked. They're all like they're all naked. like full frontal like naked corpses. Is it implied that Herbert West reanimated all of them? No, or do we think Doctor Hill did. Doctor Hill brought brought them all brought back, back to life. So, yeah, but so... then he controls them with his mind, which doesn't make any sense. But they're all like mindless zombies that are just like Ugh. so they end up <laughs> tearing apart the dean. He because mm-hmm. the dean like and then, and then uh, everybody dies except for... I thought the dean was already dead. I mean, like the dean gets ripped apart by the zombies as well. That yeah. he wasn't also he was also a zombie. Yeah, he was a part? zombie. He got ripped apart too. So did okay. Doctor Carl Hill too. They all get ripped apart. And then like one of the one of the stupid things like an intestine comes out and looks like a tentacle like Cthulhu type thing. Yeah, and that's what drags away Doctor Herbert West okay. at the very end. Because so that might have just been a nod to Cthulhu. Yeah, because it's funny is that okay he died. It's you think he died, but then there's two sequels where he's not dead. Okay. So mm-hmm. but it's like okay that is weird because Bruce Abbott there's a bride of there's a bride of a reanimator which comes out a few. It's, few months after this all this events happened here so it's super hmm. weird but it's 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 a it's a really fun movie it's good yeah. it's because because again with jeffrey combs being awesome 
and and then the, the the special effects aren't great, but it still still holds up. It's funny. It's, it's great. <laughs> I'm glad they were able to turn it into a comedy because yeah, because I don't think that's I don't know what H.P. Lovecraft was not a comedian in any way. Yeah. No. What about the um the reagent? Do you because in the book they don't they just. He just already has it, right? There's no, no, nothing him about. No, in, in the book, he's a scientist who'd been, who'd been working on developing it, and a lot of the early stages of ex- experiments oh, involving sort of, animals. Does it, so does it explain that? Because in the movie, it's the same way where he just automatically already has a reagent already. Like, okay, it, it doesn't you... go into any details yeah. of the chemistry, but it does talk about him obtaining rare items from faraway lands, like the forests yeah. of Brazil and the Amazon, and you know, just about his work on perfecting the formula. Mm-hmm. So they do talk about working with vials, but it's very cursory. You can tell it was written by someone who doesn't really understand anything about chemistry. So I wonder how much chemistry knowledge H.P. Lovecraft actually had. So basically, if we were to ask our 14-year-old son to describe uh, what a chemist does. They mess with that, chemicals. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he might describe the vials and the Bunsen burners and, you know, you have to heat different things, different temperatures and make different mixtures. But again, it'd be fairly cursory and not with a lot of knowledge as to what exactly is happening. Oh, yeah. Here's so I don't think H.P. Lovecraft really knew that much about chemistry. I really forgot to go into the, the ending of the movie. So at the okay. very end, <laughs> you think it's a date. So, so um, Dr. West is getting, getting you know, hauled away by one of the, like, the intestines of a zombie. And he's like, my notes. And he throws them over to, to Dan and mm-hmm. Megan because they end up escaping. They get on the elevator. One of the zombies, the very last second, grabs Megan by the throat, strangles her, and she dies. Oh, my gosh. And then Dan, in you know desperation, injects her with the reagent, and she screams and it cuts to black in mm. the movie. So Okay. So it's like, oh, so he so went he went over the line, too. He's trying to save his love interest. Yes. So that's, so that's what happened there. But, yeah. And now, so in the later movies, does Dan Kane become the reanimator, or is Herbert West back? They only, they only show up together again in um, the sequel. But Megan is not, Barbara Crampton is not in the sequel. Okay. But they're down in like South America. They're still, <laughs> they're still medical students, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, wouldn't like, you have graduated by now? No, because <laughs> it's only a few months later. It's not okay. like years later. Even though it's 1990s when uh, uh, Bride of Reanimator came out. It's still written by uh, Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna. And then, um, oh yeah, I forgot. But the the dean gets some, but a, a bit of his memory back. So he tries, so he saves, tries to save his daughter from mm-hmm. Doctor Hill. Okay. So that's uh, that's probably not that's not even in the book. Is that why he they you think the zombies tear him apart? No, I think they tear him apart. I can't remember if they tear about Doctor Carl Hill apart or they all just end up dying. That's all I know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's it all gets thrown in there. And apparently, uh, Stuart Gordon, the director, uh, liked Jeffrey Combs' acting style and told them to play it, ham it up like that. But that's what, but that's what, because it's because of the book, doesn't it say that Dr. Herbert West is like blonde hair and blue eyed? Yeah, very it, much. And then Glasses, Jeffrey blonde Combs, hair, Jeffrey Combs hair. is not blonde hair, blue eyed. He's strikingly blue eyes. Yeah, he has such intense blue he's a brunette. eyes. It's like he, I think he has brown eyes too. The narrator's really. Yeah, but then like from, from all like future since this movie come out, anybody that plays Dr. Herbert West, they look like Jeffrey Combs. They don't do the blonde hair, blue eyed. They, they do like the, what they look like in the movie. So you were at the end talking about the dean trying to help his daughter. Yeah, because that's he's just an overprotective father. Because there's some earlier stuff about taking away the loan, and you're you're forbidden to see Dan again, and all this other stuff, just because that's the dad. So that's why. So that so that that's still a strong in him even after he becomes a zombie. Yeah. So that's why he ends up saving his daughter. Although I do feel like a lot of stories like to use love as a good excuse to act like an asshole. 
It's true. Because like she is an adult, and it's like yeah, she's an adult. If... She can date someone if she wants to date yeah. someone. Also, him injecting her with the reanimator fluid. That's if I Dan. was, That's yeah, Dan if Dan one. did that though, yeah. if Dan injected her with reanimator, if I were dead, just let me be dead. Have you not seen that? Uh, Return... Don't don't try to bring me back from have the you dead. Seen That's re... selfish. On have your you seen part. Return of the Living Dead, Part Three? That's no. one of the best. I remember mm-hmm. that specifically going into all the movie rental places and seeing mm-hmm. that cover because the cover is striking. Really? I should pull it up. I'll let you see it real quick. Okay. Because it's really cool. Really going to look at this cover for this uh, Return of the Living Dead Return part? Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Yeah. You got to see it. This came out in 94. Have not seen it. The there cover it is. Art. Yeah, there it is. Look at that. Oh. oh. There it is. I was like, wow. I, that's, I remember that. Because that's Dang. like, it's very striking. She's that got metal very... metal pieces and everything sticking out. Because it's like, this is the cover they put on shelves that you would let see little kids see when you walked past all the movies. Yeah. You're like, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. That's not, a, that's not a bad movie. I remember watching that movie, too. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. It's like a Romeo and Juliet type deal. But, yeah. But it, but I did like that about H.P. Lovecrafts is that there's no love interest. There, there's yeah. no... I think they have to do that for these newer retellings because otherwise it's kind of boring. I don't I mean, know. I, really I like that there's no love interest. He's just a guy with a singular focus. He well, has this weird yeah, Robert West does not have one, but, I mean, there's a love interest in the movies because that's what they do. Because that's why there's a bride. But I mean, the I, bride of Reanimator is exactly like the bride of Frankenstein. That's I just the whole feel point. like our need to have a motivation being some sort of romantic love is just kind of annoying. Uh, it's like we could be motivated by the, many, many things. I'll talk about like uh, Red Letter Media talks about it. Mike says he's got a term for it. Uh-huh. It's called the not gaze, to where it's <laughs> like where they always got to throw a love interest to. If there's two guys, if there's two be, guys, yeah, you have to have a female yeah, love interest because otherwise they're gonna think they're gay. And it's just like why so do what? We, so, but that's what they so do. What? They put it in there. Put it in there anyway. Did that right. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I mean, honestly, stuff. they might have been gay. Well, I think or at least some, the narrator. There, there was some, um, I think, almost homosexual undertones in the film too. I think because that's that's, mm-hmm. that's why it's like a sort of a cult classic. Is because there's a whole bunch of stuff besides the gore. There's people have like it for different reasons, the mm-hmm. acting and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons this is too is because of that, which okay. could be there. I don't know. Yeah, I did like the. Uh initially supportive and then dismissive nature in the book of the the various faculty members how they you know here's this young kid who believes he can reanimate the corpses and let's let's try to be supportive because he's bright and then it's like okay you're wasting resources jeffrey combs does not look like a young kid he's only like 30 (laughs) in in the movie but he just looks doesn't look look like like an old guy it doesn't look like a young kid in it he's got hair and he's he's got glasses that was one thing that was kind of fascinating is the in the book they keep kept saying that in spite of the many years they spent together he never seemed to age so the narrator oh, felt like he was getting older and older. That's one of the things too. He never slept because he was injecting himself with reagent. Oh, not a whole lot but in the movie. In the, in the movie, in the no, movie. there might have delete. That might be a deleted scene. Okay. Because because he doesn't sleep because he like because he's been because re- he's been hmm. injecting himself with reagent. Maybe he was injecting himself with reagent the whole time, or maybe just working so close yeah, to yeah, the chemicals. Could have been because that, that could also mess with your mind. Is why he went a little crazy and started killing yeah, people. That's actually the phrase "Mad Hatter." is because uh the mercury the, yeah the chemicals that they use to mad treat like the hats mad like a header fit the hats was uh causing mental illness yeah yeah good times yeah is that pretty much it i don't know do we want to talk about any other differences between the movie and the book mm, i don't know i didn't read the book so you didn't you, read the book you so don't you know have to tell me if it's like yeah and i didn't see the movie so i yeah. only saw the red letter media review of the movie yeah it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, it's a deleted scene that shows that West injects himself with a solution of the reagent to keep himself from sleeping. This keeps his mind sharp, but is also implied to be the cause of his insanity. Okay. Yep, and he snaps the pencil. 
It's one of the best things ever because he's like, I don't believe you. I wonder if H.P. Lovecraft felt like his focus on writing was driving him insane. I mean, he had a lot of mental illness issues, a lot of phobias aside from that. But the the way Herbert's West singular focus drove him mad. And then a lot of that happened in a few of his other stories where people have this singular way of looking at things and singular singular focus and desire to learn that eventually leads to their demise or insanity. So that was Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft, the novella, and... Reanimator the movie, sort of. <laughs> I don't want to spoil... I mean, we basically spoil spoiled it. Spoil it's from 1985. Uh, it's only... What? What is that? 37 years old? 38. 38? Oh, yeah, it's 2020. Yeah, 2023. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... But, yeah, see that movie? Watch... From Beyond, it's very, it's more serious, but there's some weird stuff in that movie too. Don't watch Society. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's about social class. It's just weird because it, of the body no, horror. The body Because Screaming really Mad George. Screaming uh, Mad George is an amazing artist who's just I really he, really was, weird, yeah, yeah, man. He's weird. Just weird. He did great special effects on that though. Yeah, practical effects, a lot of it. Yeah. That's one thing that I like about the older shows. I do like practical effects. Yeah, but because that's the thing though too is they look at it now because you know everybody uses CGI, but. I think was it Oppenheimer that just came out? They used like a hundred. They blew up a no, it wasn't it wasn't Oppenheimer or something else? But anyway, <laughs> they, they used they used they crashed like a seven forty seven because mm-hmm. it was cheaper rather than using CGI for wow. seven forty seven. It's like let's just buy one and blow it just up. Just blow it up. Yep, just crash an actual yep, CGI. Yep, it's just it's like you can get a miniature. Meh. Can't blow up a miniature seven forty seven. Meh. Just just get a just get a big one. It's not in the same commission. It's not in commission. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, well. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. And we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Peace out.